Hello everybody. This is Adamu Muhammad Dankori. Welcome back to another scintillating episode. Also, I wish uh, today, November the third, twenty eighteen. So you might be wondering, and uh, well, actually, you might not be, but. I- as though I can read your mind, uh, that's not what, what I was trying to say. Um, I was uh, thinking about Venezuela, and I've, I've thought about this topic that I'm going to share with you, not once, not twice, for a couple, for, it has popped into my mind many times within this year, uh, Venezuela. Venezuela's collapse. Um, the reason why it's interesting to me is because Venezuela is basically collapsing its economy. It's uh, it's collapsing. Its uh, inflation rate. God, I don't remember, but it's in the thousands or more. Um, and you can check that yourself, but it's really, really high. I should have checked before this. Um, so its economy is collapsing. People are eating from trash. We've seen pictures. People are crossing to Colombia, a neighboring country. Now, the economy started collapsing because of the fall of petro- petroleum prices. Now, why didn't Nigeria's economy resemble that of Venezuela? Both of these countries largely depends on petroleum. More than 60-70% of Nigeria's as a country income comes from petrol. Similar to that of Venezuela. The economy collapsed. People are eating from trash. It didn't really happen like that in Nigeria. Our economy really went bad. Um, Inflation uh, never reached um, 100%, if I remember correctly. So what is the difference? What, What is the difference there? And that difference, this is not a fact, but this is just my own analysis of what's happening, is very fascinating. The core difference, I think, is because is the penetration of government. In Venezuela, government has a lot more penetration. So Venezuela has some kind of city government. Um, Not just that alone, has social welfare programs where it's able to track its citizens, that citizens get money, citizens can get money for housing, for food, and so on and so forth. That's what I mean by government penetration. 
the more government touches your life in your day-to-day -day activity. Venezuela has more of that than Nigeria. Nigeria is highly centralized. And really, at the local community levels, there's little to, uh, little to no presence of government. And I think that's what the difference was that has helped Nigeria collapsing into the abyss that is Venezuela right now. Because many people dependent on government in Venezuela, as soon as oil prices went down, everybody went down with it. But Nigeria, because most people do not depend on oil money, only those sectors that depended on oil money collapsed, went down. Basically, companies register with the government, you know, our money. And, and, and of course, everybody uses money, so that also went with it. Most Nigerians operate outside of government. No government reach or regulation, or I would say enforcement whatsoever. It is estimated that at least 65% of Nigeria's GDP as of 2017 came from what IMF referred to as informal sector. Those sectors, businesses that completely operate outside of government. So there's no enforcement at all. If you're following my podcast, I've mentioned this, where I used to live in Kado Village. You could wake up one day, you could wake up one day and start a business. Anywhere you like. Now, you know, I mean, of course, you can't go to somebody's place and start, right? But you know what I mean. You can go um, in your house, uh, start selling, go and buy water, you know, bottled water or pure water, or go and buy some groceries and start selling. No, you don't need to register your business. You don't need to register your company, nothing. You just do your thing. And that's what I may refer to as informal economy, 65%. And that is just estimation. Obviously, whoever collects that data, um, I think does it in reverse. They probably calculated the, the people, companies that are registered with the government, I'm guessing they are the at least uh, 30% or 35% and just presume the rest. But 65%, that is a lot of people that don't depend on, like their daily lives are not affected at all. Because if you're not registered with the government, then you don't have to pay taxes, you don't have to register your business, you don't depend on government for any favors, tax breaks, Task cuts, all these bullshits. You don't have to. And that is why Nigeria's economy did not collapse. 
like that of Venezuela. Because many Nigerians operate outside the scope of the enforcement of government. And what does that tell you? Well, that should tell you that uh, most Nigerians live, you know, if not because of money, fiat money, you know, some form of electricity that sometimes people get, maybe some roads, really completely stateless in their communities, completely stateless in their community. I urge anyone listening who hasn't lived in Africa to go check this out. Go to a rural, go to YouTube, check a villager, a rural town in Africa. See their lives. I've been watching a lot lately. There's this guy that uh, went to Mauritania. I mean, completely, completely stateless communities. I think this is a good news for Africans. Very, very good news. We're not infected yet by the virus called government. And if we can continue to educate people on the non-aggression principle, peace, which you know, which peaceful parenting derives its principle from, then you know, sooner or later, perhaps uh, people will begin to respect the individual. The individual will be supreme than the group. If you do things that are against your culture, you'll be seen as a bad person. People will respect your property. Um, then we will start creating wealth. Because that's what creates wealth. Property rights, individual liberty, which is all derived from the non-aggression principle. When you are not, when you are not allowed, or when you you uphold the belief that you cannot aggress on anyone or their property, you know, then you know. Oh, let's say maybe you know. Um, Let's say you're not, you not allowed to aggress me, to aggress on me. Well, what is me? Me, I'm a product of me, my labor, and anything I own. So it, there has to be property rights attached to individual liberty, to the non-aggression principle. So that's what is left for Africans, I believe. That is half the battle. And now that uh, Africans are getting a lot more infected with the government, it's going to be tough. You, it is double 
double wahala, double problem. You have to convince them to let go of government and embrace individual liberty. So two things that you have to do. But since most of them now are not, are not, are not used to government, then slowly teach people to tolerate tolerance that the individual is supreme, that uh, if I differ, if we differ, you know, if we are different, that the best, you know, that the best way, if we want to live in peace, you know, is not to try to force me to do what you think is good. If you can't talk to me about or try to convince me peacefully, then you can leave me alone. And I'll leave you alone. That is peace. And that's what we need in Africa. The race is really, really on right now. Will Africans learn about the non-aggression principle? Or will government be there first?